as I told you first thing, uh, we thought this would be a great um, opportunity to uh, A, to use this video um, and tell the story, but uh, the timing was pretty unique that we could actually get it done on the 44th uh, anniversary. So Joan grew up in the Dominican Republic as a missionary kid. She's going to talk about that a little bit more and in the video. But this week is the 44th anniversary, August 31st, September 1st. So it's an, it's an important and uh, tender time for Joan <laughs> and uh, people uh, who lived through that. And, um, but also even just this week watching the news of other hurricanes you know, coming in. And uh, she, uh, she told me on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Friday, when we, uh, we met that, this, that Hurricane David is sort of this dividing line in terms of time before Hurricane David and time after, almost like, uh, you know, marking time before Christ and after death, right? ABCAD, it's before David and after David. Um, so we're going to um, walk you through some of that stuff. And uh, so let's welcome Joan. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about coming up to this anniversary, but also as you... Um, as you uh, process this. There's lots of emotions coming into this week with all this history behind you. So just walk us through some of that. Great. Yeah. Well, first, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see so many people here. I wasn't sure how many people would come on the long weekend, you know, but thanks for being here. Um, yeah, my, um, I've been a member here since 1991, but we have family connections that go much farther back. Uh, my grandparents, Anne and Weems Reed, and my mom, Sheila Shannon, were founding members of this church. So, and also my parents were supported as missionaries commended by um, this chapel and many other brethren assemblies in the area. So I've always grown up knowing that this church prayed for me my whole life. Um, in my own connections uh, with the DR, actually, I was talking to um, Hona's mom, who was visiting from the DR a couple of weeks ago, and she said to me outside, Joan, I don't know that the people of Granville really understand the depth and the value um, and the connection that our churches in the Dominican Republic have with Granville Chapel and other chapels in the area. And... Um, in my own experience of childhood and youth, um, I've been particularly close um, with many other missionaries that also were sent out um, with the Kent family. Bill Kent is a current member. And um, the Cochran family, Jim and Grace Cochran, were celebrating uh, Jim's life in a few weeks at his memorial. And a little bit separated by time, but with Sharon, Macintosh and her family as well. Um, so I grew up in a place called, we called it La Posada. It was, um, that means the inn. And um, it used to belong to the dictator. So it was a kind of a summer home for him. And um, my parents were able to rent it out and use it as a hosting uh, center for um medical group missions, which was the short-term uh, mission projects that my parents um, founded. 
that organization continues today strongly around the world. It's now called Medical Ministries International, based out of Hamilton, Ontario. And I grew up translating on these medical projects. So from a very young age... Um, How young? How I, young? Well, I was born there, but I mean, like, from about seven years old, I worked as a, um, as a translator on the medical team. So I had a very... Um, yeah, a deep sense that being bilingual uh, was a great gift and was essential to the work that was being done on the projects. Um, yeah, so 44 years this week, uh, we went through a terrible hurricane um, that changed our lives. Um, I think you asked me, like, how do you market? Well, I relive a lot of memories. Um, there's this book that our friend wrote about the work of my parents and there's a chapter in it about the hurricane and it includes a letter that I wrote um, with my mom's help um, to my grandparents here at Granville Chapel. I think actually that letter might have been read out loud here in a service um, and so I relive that as kind of like a daily account of what happened and the changes that we saw. Um, so and also I think part of that anniversary is um, is a grieving, but a grieving for um, the people now who are going through devastating, life-changing events. Um, I think of the people in our province having lost so much in the fires and going back this week to see what is salvageable. Um, and it's a grief not just for losing home and all your possessions, but it's a grief about the impact on the land and things that were so, um, what do you say, like foundational, like you think they'll never change, and they, they can. So there's a, a part of this time of year or two where um, there's a bit of that. Shall we watch the video? Let's watch the video. <laughs> and we got some follow-up, but it's about eight minutes long, so let's just go to that, and then we'll uh, keep going. Thanks. I'm Joan Shannon Jung, and I live in Vancouver, in uh, Canby Commons, what we call our neighborhood. my 30th year of teaching, mostly grade four. Was born and raised in the Dominican Republic, a fine place. Um, kind of sent by this church, Granville Chapel, and many other brethren churches in the area supported my parents and a few other families from here to go and serve in the Dominican Republic. So I, I think I had a great childhood. So I'm the youngest of four. I have two sisters and one brother. We lived in a really rural area, right on the ocean, um, where my parents ran a, like a hosting center for visiting medical groups. From the time I was about seven, I would be a translator, speaking both Spanish and English, to help um, with the doctors and patients to understand each other. I also just spent a lot of time outside, um, the ocean, the pool, 
lots of mango trees to climb, collecting shells on the beach. I spent a lot of time outside. Um, I actually remember giving my life to Christ, living, uh, listening to a, ra uh, a record. Um, it was like from the Jesus movement and it had a prayer in it. And I just remember one day, just out of the blue, I just I just prayed that prayer. And then I told my mom later. I was baptized uh, in our church, Sala Evangelica, when I was 13. Um, Bill Kent baptized me. He was an elder in the church. An experience that really stands out for me in my life of God's faithfulness, his showing himself to me was through the experience of a hurricane um, when I had just turned 11. We lived in, a, in an area, obviously, where many hurricanes come. And so we had like preparations in, in place. We had a set um, routine, I guess, of what we would do, covering our windows and gathering water. So this storm was no different. It wasn't predicted to come very close and then um, it did, it changed uh, course. It was Hurricane David. It was a very, very powerful storm and the eye of the storm came about 15 miles from where we were. And we had a very traumatic uh, experience of that storm. Just a really vivid memories of the actual hiding in this room that we had determined would be safe because it was behind this marble staircase. We just ran in there quite suddenly after eating and um, I think I was in there for about 24 hours. The sounds and the experience of that storm is just, uh, yeah, something I'll never forget. So we were in a, a main building that was part of the center and our house was closer to the ocean. Well, the, the house was um, pretty much destroyed. We lost our, the whole roof of the house. And I had been diagnosed with type one diabetes three months prior to the storm. And this was, you know, in the late 70s. So um, I was on shots, like multiple injections. Um, we suddenly realized that my little kit where I had all my supplies and my doctor's papers um, had been left because we just ran into this room. So we were worried about what, you know, I can't live really without that. The first miracle was that the container where everything was, um, was there on the counter, but the same counter had all the like glass, drinking glasses were all shattered and broken on the floor. And um, the Tupperware lid had been removed from this box, but everything inside was dry. And um, so we just praise God for that and that his hand of protection um, was so evident uh, in that experience. Um, everything that I had known um, to be like our home, our work, our fun was gone because it was a completely different um, place after that storm. The, there were no more trees. Um, we didn't have a home and, uh, and we had no communication with anybody in the outside world. 
and our goal was to survive three days. And God provided food that had been washed up. There was um, uh, there was a local dairy farm that had milk. It was the women who had been trained with my mom in the kitchen of how to provide food for these North American visiting groups. It was these women who came and said, oh, don't worry, we know how to cook on an open flame. Like, we will, we will cook on fire. And so they did. And so together we, we survived those three days until uh, help arrived and they were able to break through all the debris to get to where we were. I think um, even after that experience, um, as I've grown up, that has really been a marker for me of, of knowing who God is. But I learned that um, the word abide, of how God abides with us, and that it's not about our home or even the country where we're from, um, but our identity in God as his child and um, that he is uh, our protector, our fortress, the sheltering wings. Uh, these images and things that we read of in the Bible always take on, have, have just taken on a deeper meaning for me since, uh, since that experience as a child. When Joan and I were, were chatting, that uh, the abide word came up again. So Joan's going to talk a little bit about that and sort of how that has been a theme through uh, her years, you know, from that, that moment at, at, 13, at 11 of a hurricane and then uh, her life rolling out from there. So just gonna walk us through some of that. Yeah, first I just want to say thank you, Hona yes. and David, for that amazing video. It looks so easy, but that just took a vast amount of hours of editing and piecing together to tell the story. And I thought that they just did a great, great job of that. Thank you. And what happened to my hair? Like, it was so smooth. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. And, like, easy to control and a lot darker. Like, I don't know. I guess that's that great video editing technique. Yeah. <laughs> There's a verse in Psalm 91 that has been extremely meaningful to me. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And that's been a, a really important theme for me as I've unpacked uh, what that experience um, as a child, uh, what that has meant to me. Um, I think that that word abide has also carried me through as my parents transitioned uh, to Vancouver. Um, I was just finishing high school and I was not very happy about that decision. Um, all my life I was Dominican um, I identified as Dominican, born and raised. I was culturally comfortable there. Um, I had never lived in Canada. 
And um, I think that that word abide really carried me through that transition, um, that my identity is, is much bigger than where I'm from, um, as I mentioned in the video too, and that no matter where I live, that I am God's child. And that's, that's where I find uh, my main identity. Um, also just thankful that as a teacher in Vancouver, that I can share my experiences of growing up in a culture that was not the culture of my parents and help the kids in my grade four classroom unpack that as well. Um, and to value all of your cultures and to appreciate um, the things that uh, your parents have taught you from your own background culture. I think that's, I really thank God for that, that that experience of mine as a child I can use in my daily life as a teacher. Um, you know, I want to say it was, this is such an extraordinary story, right? So extraordinary, so many miracles, even more than are portrayed there. But um, I want to tell you that most of my faith journey is actually very ordinary. And I don't want you sitting there thinking, wow, God really spoke to their family, or God really worked. I wish he would work like that in my life. And I just have to say, for most of us, like our, our faith journeys are actually very ordinary and even maybe mundane. Um, you know, Barry and I, we live out our intentions of uh, knowing and loving our neighbors, but it's through very ordinary ways. Um, daily ways and very slow and we're shaped by that because God meets us there too in the ordinary days um, and so I am I try to be aware and attentive to how is God working around me how is he working in my neighborhood and and how can we join in on that great uh, Last weekend, uh, Barry and Joan were in Quebec, so they weren't here live, but they're watching the, uh, the service online. And again, hi to those of you online. And um, kind of got Joan's attention with that uh, call to worship, oh God, our help in ages past. So tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah. Um, so I actually learned that hymn uh, in the home of Jim and Grace Cochran, where we lived for about three months after the storm when we had to move into the capital city. And my mom sat with me and played it on their piano. And it has stayed with me ever since. It is a really powerful song. And I don't, like we sang it at our wedding here. I don't think Granville has ever sang it since. And then you sang it, we sang it last week. It was really meaningful. Um, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful hymn that reminds us of both the promises of God, that he has helped us in our past, and that he is our hope um, for years to come. Okay. Just a little teaser. You know, I used it for the call to worship last week. And we're going to use it for our benediction today. So we're going to bookend it with that. So this, you'll, you'll see that when, when we're finished. Um, shifting gears a little bit from Dominican and the hurricane, um, as we were coming down the home stretch, the search team and the board uh, 
in this lead pastor search that has brought us, uh, Sam, you know, we, we were pretty intentional about surveying uh, the congregation. That's, you know, what it, what's God saying to you? What are you hearing? What's making sense? What are your questions? And, and Joan wrote a very thoughtful, surprise, surprise, a very thoughtful um, survey thing. And we had the whole range, like Barry, Barry told me that he said, yeah, mine was two words, three words, go for it. You know, and um, Jones was a, like a little epistle, which was wonderful. And um, it was very helpful to the, the board uh, yeah, reading that. So talk to us a little bit about that pivot and in, in so, the story and, oh God, our help from ages past as, as you look into the future. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we've said it so many times, it's, it, it's hard to keep saying it, but the Hal Granville Chapel is in a time of transition, right? Um, we have been through a long season of loss. Um, so many goodbyes. And another one today. Where's Dan? Dan, we love you. Uh, so many memorial services of dear friends. And so many of our senior members who are no longer able to attend in person with us. The impact of COVID, this has just been hard, right? Um, but you know, I look back and I see God's hand. I see his faithfulness to us as a community. I know his presence with us through all that time. Um, he's so faithful. He's so good. And... Um, that verse, oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. That's where we rest. That's where we trust uh, for what's ahead. Great. Anything else we need to say? Nope. Did? We're done. <laughs> well, thank you, Joan. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just wonderful how this all came together.